I'm Chris. I'm John. I love a nice script read. I love Super Bowl ads. My hands are literally freezing right now. I just got a six-figure deal with Pepsi. And this is Media High. Alright everyone, it's time to whip out that bank statement and turn on AdSense because we're about to dive into the money-making world of modern media. Let's make some money. <laughs> John, let's jump into those hypotheticals. John, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my hypothetical today, I, I just thought of it. If you were freezing outside. Like we just like were. Like we just were. Uh, Chris came over, he helped me film something for my YouTube channel, and we foolishly did it outside as winter has decided to come to Chicago all of a sudden, like it always does. My hands were literally never colder than today, and I'm an artist. These are the, my hands are the money makers. (laughs) Like, your hands hurt after. My hands were in, were in pain, like shooting pain pain throughout all of my fingers. Are they better now? They're, we're getting there. They're okay now. They're okay. Uh, So my question, and you're probably gonna have, I know what answer you're gonna choose, but it's a would you rather. If you were freezing outdoors, would you rather have 30 pairs of socks with no gloves or 30 pairs of gloves with no socks or shoes? Oh, with no socks or shoes? Yeah. I and you couldn't, you can't use 15 of the pairs of socks yeah. for gloves okay. or I, vice versa. This is brutal. I like, I'm just crying for anyone who's ever had to go through this or will ever have to in their lives. I would, ha- I mean, I have to, I have to choose. I have to choose gloves. Really? Yeah. No, 100%. Because, like, I can amputate my feet. Like, like <laughs> you can't walk anywhere. You can't walk to a warmer climate then. That's fu- No, if you just amputate your feet, you can get feet prosthetics. That's no big deal. Oh, like, so honestly, no big I, deal. I guess as an artist, yeah. You're but I, n- like, need my hands. Yeah, I would definitely I go with the socks because wow. I can throw my hands under my armpits and... Get walking to Florida, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess it, like, depends on what you're doing. Like, are you just outside doing whatever, or are you just, like, standing there? I'm not sure. I, the height, the, the, I didn't go that far with the yeah, hypothetical. Yeah, John, can we please get a full backstory for these characters? Well, if you just listen to our world-building <laughs> episode next time before the hypothetical. Yeah, these characters are actually part of the Franken world. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that I would, I, I think I would choose gloves, just because, like... I am not about those frozen hands. Yeah, seriously. Clearly, as you saw today. Yeah, we learned that today. My entire, like, I was very vulnerable with John with how much, like, pain and discomfort I was in. Um, John, my hypothetical for you, if you had to create merchandise for your channel, your YouTube channel, your brand, as it were, um, on one, like, non-clothing item, what would it be? Oh, gosh, good question. So it would either for me be like a mug only because I I have no mugs that I love and enjoy. I have one from a good friend of mine, Hannah, who started a ministry called Generation Distinct. Shouts to Generations Dis- Hannah, Generation Distinct. Hannah, my gal. Um, yeah, shouts to Hannah. However, the mug that she gave me, the Generation Distinct mug, is literally the only mug that I have and that I enjoy. So I like would love just, to make a just mug a, for myself. Just a coffee mug? Yeah, or like coffee a travel mug. mug or? No, not a travel mug. No, okay. no, no. A coffee mug because I drink coffee like at my desk sort of every single morning. Yeah. Uh, either that or 
stickers just for you. Oh, he knows me so well. Chris I, loves a sticker. I honestly love me a good sticker. Or I love I love me a bad sticker, really. I <laughs> Anything a, that's just as uh, if adhesive it's, If it's it. got adhesive, I want it. <laughs> I, I have a collection of over like 125 stickers um, constantly growing. So if you have a sticker, send it my way. Is that what you would do? Um, if you, if you I was merch. thinking a little more gimmicky. I was thinking a pacifier because you got to start those kids young. <laughs> you got to start those fans young. <laughs> if you, if any YouTuber sold a pacifier, I would buy it immediately. And I have no kids. <laughs> Aren't there like family YouTube channels though? Like, come on, there, come on. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's perfect. Let's get it going. You got to start those people. Pacifiers young. for those like, YouTube kids channels. Yeah, oh my gosh. That's a good one. Yeah, so you may have noticed, probably not though, today's episode, we're talking all about the business and monetization, or John is dancing right now, very groovily. I'm like trying to be a businessman. Ooh, that's what a businessman does, he dances. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about the business of modern media. Yes, indubitably... Christopher, this is a topic that I think makes both of us cringe a little bit. I don't know. I I shouldn't speak for you, but definitely for me, because for myself as like a creative, as someone who considers themselves more as an artist than as sort of a, a business person, the business side of things and the money side of things always really complicates yeah, media for okay. me, or at least content when it comes to the content that I create, but also the content that I consume, because at the end of the day, whether we're talking about movies or whether we're talking about television or music or anything, it's a business at the end of the day. And people are going to make what they think people are going to watch or people are going to pay to go see or people are going to stream or whatever it is. It is a business at the end of the day mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And we're going to get into that today. Yeah. So, John, just a quick question to start off the episode is how do you specifically monetize your content? In, ways, in what ways do you make money off of your media? Yeah, so for me, it's mostly via YouTube. Uh, my YouTube channel, John Jorgensen, I have... Been go monet- follow John yeah, Jorgensen. Go subscribe, like, smash that like button. Oh, ew. S- Logan? <laughs> smash that Jake? like button, guys. Like that smash button. Um, anyway, so for me, I have pretty much been monetizing my YouTube channel since the beginning, um, but not out of a desire to actually make any sort of income, but more... It was really at the beginning, I remember it was like, oh, if I have ads before my videos, that means they're like legit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Because back in the day when you would watch a YouTube video, like if it had an ad, that didn't mean in my head when I was 17 years old, that didn't mean, oh, this is monetized and that person's getting money. It meant, oh, this video is important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. So like this, this guy's getting paid for this work <laughs> but you even, know this is serious like, business this is this is an important video yeah. it's got an ad before it that i'm yeah. gonna skip so i'm gonna watch it so i wanted that from the beginning um and then as i've gone on you know my my channel is still monetized but as i've gone on i've found other ways to sort of monetize my channel whether that be through sponsorships and things like that mm-hmm. i do some like post roll sponsorships with a few partners that i have i'm pretty selective with it and doing a lot of really small time things um and then outside of that, I do, uh, I've done on a couple of my podcasts, a few like affiliate sponsorships. Oh, really? And for people who don't know, sort of an affiliate deal is essentially you partner with a company like 
Audible, for example, and you give Audible a shout out on your podcast or on your YouTube channel, and if someone uses your link to sign up, you get a percentage of the income that they receive from that sign up, or you get a certain dollar amount, like $5 for every person that signs up using your link, that sort of but, thing. But you haven't done like a sponsored episode by Audible. No, okay. not necessarily. I mean, yes. I So I did like, this episode is sponsored by Squarespace. But when I say that, I mean, they have an affiliate deal with me, okay. you know? Yeah. Um, and some podcasts and some people out there have like a presenting sponsor. Yeah. And I'm a little bit ignorant in terms of how all of we can get more into the details of like how all of those brand deals work. However, I have some limited experience, but some experience and in I, how all of those can be set up. Yeah. And I have zero experience. <laughs> so we're really leaning on John's limited experience here today. Yeah. But you bring up a good, a good starting point here, which is we're going to go platform by platform talking about different ways of monetization. So let's start out with YouTube. What are all of the different ways that you can monetize your content on YouTube or monetize your brand or your personality on YouTube. Yeah, so the most obvious one is YouTube is one of the only platforms out there that has monetization, one of the only popular, like truly popular mainstream platforms between YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of those. It's the only one, I think, that has monetization a monetization opportunity ingrained right there in it with you sign up to be in the partner program or the creator program and that allows them to show ads on your videos and then you get a percentage or a small what's called cpm which essentially works out to anywhere between two and five dollars per thousand views that your video gets so the adsense program via youtube is pretty much the easiest way to do it and that's what most people do um then outside of that every youtube has also opened up something pretty new where they have almost i i forget exactly what it's called but it's it's almost like a premium uh premium content that you can have where you can join yeah like join you the... can join somebody's you can join somebody's channel and essentially you pay like x amount of dollars a month and it's sort of this pseudo patreon giving thing and like a a paywall it's like somewhere in between i personally don't do it uh because i for myself have my patreon page and that's sort of another way to sort of monetize a youtube channel or really monetize any sort of creative endeavor. creative endeavor that mm-hmm. you're doing um patreon is sort of this uh, mix between like a kickstarter and a, a donation page right so so apparently um founded by jack conti who is also um founding member of the band pomplamoose which i love if any mm. of you have ever heard of that um but it's it's a platform that he was created in order for creatives to get paid what they deserve in, in essence so you can specifically for youtube you can have a monthly giving so you can have people sign up for five or ten or twenty dollars that they're giving every month um, and with that, they get rewards. So that you can get exclusive videos or how-tos or even live streams or individual chats with the creator himself. Or you can sign up for um, like a certain amount per video that's released. Right. So right. Like, and that's up to the creator. Right. 
So like the nerd writer, who is a very popular um, video essay channel, does per a per video basis. Mm-hmm. But you, you going back really quickly, you mentioned a CPM. Yes. So can you explain that a little bit? Because I think there are a lot of people who don't really know a Understand lot about the whole advertising space. How much money do you really make in this type of thing? Yeah. Um. So what's like what's the CPM right now? So the the CPM cost per mil on YouTube through AdSense right now, it, it fluctuates. Uh, lately, it's been closer to like 3 to $4 than it has been down in like the lower $2 range. Um, but it's 3 to $4 per thousand views that your video gets. Usually, that's sort of how it works out. Um, so thinking about the, the, the monetization, that's, that's one way. The joining someone and becoming sort of a premium subscriber is the other way. And then... Another way is through YouTube live stream. There is the super chat and the super chat is a straight up donation where people click into the chat. They give $5, $10, $20. It sort of highlights their comment in the chat, makes it more visible for the creator. Usually, uh, people who give it like for me, when I do a Q and a people who give in the super chat, it guarantees that I answer their question. So there's sort of three ways within YouTube that you can monetize, but any sort of seasoned YouTube creator will always encourage you to diversify your monetizations outside of YouTube. And that goes for any platform because YouTube could go out of business tomorrow. Right. And if it does, and your entire business and entire life is dependent on YouTube, then you're kind of screwed. Yeah. And so what we see a lot of YouTubers doing is they expand into things like Patreon. They expand into things like merch and, and their own merch stores or they expand onto other platforms or getting brand deals there. They have brand deals right there on YouTube. Um, and so there's a lot of different, there, there are several ways that are very unique to YouTube. And then there are all of the other ways to monetize any sort of brand or following that oftentimes YouTubers will take advantage of those as well. Yeah. Before moving into those other ways, I want to briefly mention that that CPM, if we're sticking it forward, if we're just like, Saying four dollars, four dollars yeah. per thousand views. That may sound like not a lot. Like a thousand views, you only get four dollars out of that. But if we look at Shane Dawson's Jake Paul series, me and John <laughs> have talked about this before. Um, the the a couple of the videos in that series have twenty million views. So twenty million views from each of those videos. So one video that has twenty million views, Shane Dawson got eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, and if you talk about his budget with that money oh my gosh he is rolling one camera he's not doing any effects very little editing at all no uh, besides i mean very little special effects editing just straight cuts you're going through a lot of footage you're editing bulk amounts of footage you're going through old jake paul series but if we really talk about the budget there's really nothing there. it's more of a time it's you're, you're it's investing, more of a time budget than anything else. So you're investing hours and hours and hours of just straight time, but for an eighty thousand dollar return on one video. Yeah, yeah, and that doesn't even take into account just the lifetime values that right. that, that that video is going to have for him. So so if you think about a channel like you know channels like Casey Neistat or Philip DeFranco that will get anywhere. You know, when Casey Neistat's daily vlogging, he's getting anywhere between one and four million views every day just on that vlog that he uploaded that day. 
his channel views are probably upwards of 10, 15 million views a day on that channel. So if you're, if, if we're using this sort of same, you know, CPM, that's the kind of money that, that a really, really successful, like the YouTuber that is the most hot for that moment, that's the kind of money that they can bring in. But we see even those YouTubers with that kind of following and that kind of viewership, like the Paul brothers, they diversify yeah, and right. they find other ways to yeah. monetize. Yeah. One last number. I just can't get over this. <laughs> if we, if we're sticking with $4 for the CPM for the entire Shane Dawson series of Jake Paul, which is an eight part series just right now, that series is just going to keep growing in views, but just right now he's made $568,000 off of that eight part series, which by the way, though is still nothing compared to what, he could have made had he shopped it out more to outside advertisers. Yeah. You know, the shopping it out to the, like the, the brand deals that someone like Jake Paul, for example, does on his channel are five, six, seven times that. Yeah. Imagine, imagine Shane Dawson, if there had been like a sponsor read in every one of those videos or two sponsor reads or three sponsor reads in every single one of those videos, which are each getting upwards of 20 million views each. We are talking about insane amounts of money for really very little upfront costs for Shane Dawson. For sure. For sure. Which is wild. So we talked a little bit about other sources just on YouTube. That being there are sponsor reads, but then there's one thing that I want to talk about, which is merchandise. Now merchandise is something that I've been seeing growing a lot lately in the creators that I watch. Um, and this is just like apparel or swag or anything that you can make with your logo or your name or your culture or you or your brand on mm-hmm. it that your audience can then buy. Your audience can say, I want to be a part of this culture, a part of this group, a part of this exclusive like fan base. I want to represent this creator. And I, I think that's a really interesting it's it's a two way positive because it's not just I'm not just giving you money to then get more content like Patreon, which is great. I love Patreon is a super cool platform, but it's really, I'm giving you money. This is supporting you as a creator, but I also am getting a really cool piece and really unique piece of merchandise or clothing or sticker, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, I think merch for, for the vast majority of people is way more about brand and, and, communicating with your audience and creating sort of a family feel with your audience than it is an actual viable business model for making a lot of money. Unless, unless you're unless talking you're about, Logan Paul. unless you're Logan and Jake Paul, because they really have leaned very heavily into their merchandise yeah. as a business. I mean, in every video, there are multiple shout outs to their website, quote, the softest, hottest merch in the game, I think is what Logan Paul <laughs> says every video, Gross. which I hate saying. But the thing about it is, it, if, if you think about it, think about a t-shirt, that t-shirt that you might buy from anywhere, that t-shirt costs $10 to make or whatever, $8 to make. You buy it for 20, you're making $12 off of that t-shirt. If it costs $8 to make, if you're only selling a hundred t-shirts total, you know, you're making, what is that? $12 for t-shirt, a hundred t-shirts, that's $1,200. So that's, that's, a decent amount of money, but for the amount of work it takes to ship a hundred t-shirts, I'm not sure that's totally worth it. If you are selling 5,000 t-shirts 
and you're making $12 on every single t-shirt, that's more worth it. So, so that's what I mean. There's sort of a breaking point where for me, for example, when I have ever tried to come out with merch, whether it be a t-shirt or whatever it might be, it hasn't been worth it from a money perspective for me in terms of what I make off of it, because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to take in orders, to take it to the post office, to get shipping labels, all of that stuff. So for me, and I think a lot of other like medium sized YouTubers, merch is way more about brand awareness and about building uh, this sort of family with your audience and, and, and a bigger connection with them. I, that's true. And I think that's definitely how it has been in the past. However, a recent development has really completely changed that, I think, which is YouTube's direct integration yes. with teespring.com. Yep. If you if you don't know what Teespring is, um, this episode is not sponsored by Teespring. I'm just going to talk about it a little <laughs> bit because it's very relevant. Um, Teespring is a website where you can design something or design T-shirts, design cups, design hats, whatever you want. Um, and you can either have them shipped to you and you then deliver them to people or you can have Teespring ship to people directly at a lower percentage for you. So you don't get as much money out of it, but it takes but away they're doing all the work. But it takes away all of the hassle. You're literally just giving them the design and they're doing everything. They're taking the orders, they're shipping the merchandise, they're printing it. You don't have to worry about it at all. You just say, "Hey, everyone here is Teespring, here's my merchandise. And it's even easier because if you have Teespring merchandise connected to your channel, it automatically shows up right below your video on desktop. Yeah, every single time. The only thing with Teespring that for myself as a creator, I has turned me off to it is it, it, it is a bit limited in my eyes in terms of what you are able to do or sort of what you're able to accomplish with your designs or with what you're creating. Um, it, and the the quality is just not always guaranteed. Yeah. You know what sure. I mean? So I, I always feel weird if I'm going to charge someone $30 for a t-shirt. I want it to be really good and really nice and not some like cheap thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's Would you always charge $30 for a t-shirt? Because most of the t-shirts on Teespring that I've seen through YouTubers have been like 15 Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. Um, I just... I don't know. It's just my, that's my John opinion on it. Only likes that soft, hottest merch in the game. <laughs> he needs that high quality <laughs> cotton in his life. Please, you know my closet is just full of Maverick wear. Oh, you better <laughs> believe it's full of Maverick wear. He actually just has Maverick the bird in his closet. Yeah, yeah, it's straight wild. up. Do you know Maverick the bird? Isn't it like a parrot? It's just like a parrot that he just has in his house. Yeah, along with like the ten thousand other animals in there. <sighs> We've we have hit our Paul quota for this episode. Wild in my, stuff, in my opinion. Honestly. Although, if we are talking about the monetization of content from an independent creator standpoint, they are sort of the I hate to say it, the gold standard of it. They really are, and it's like annoying. no one has done it better than it's them. It's annoying that they've been so successful with it yeah. because they've done really well. I mean, they've just have they're just so consistent with like pushing people towards their merchandise. Yeah. But I think, I mean, then this is a personal conviction of mine. There are better ways to make your money. Like I'd rather make far less money than them with a brand that is maybe not as popular, you know, but in, in ways that I am proud of, you know? Yeah. Which is definitely part of this whole conversation as well. I think, especially for independent creators. Yeah, you know. So before moving on to another to our next platform, John, do ads or specifically sponsored videos and and script reads on YouTube do they bother you? 
So pre-roll ads, would you agree with this? No. Yeah, I 100% It's just like, it just sort of comes with the territory. It's always been there. I've never never noticed it not being there. When it's not there, I I don't notice it. I'm never for, like, I'm never forced to watch anything that's longer than like 15 seconds. It's not like a, now this is a three minute ad. You have to watch it. It, It's kind of like Hulu for me, where it's like, when I'm watching Hulu, I just know that's part of the game and I've accepted it. Whereas if there was a platform that had never had ads before and all of a sudden added them, Instagram, uh, I am not as happy, yeah. you know? So the pre-roll, no, that's never a problem Although for me. For me although they have recently switched to two ads before the video. Yes. And, but even that, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, bother me because I can just click past it. Me too. No big deal, you know? I've come to sort of expect it. It's become part of my internal rhythm every time I watch a it's YouTube It's like, video. oh, here's the ad, click. Boom, here's click the ad, it, click. You know? Yeah. Um, but... A question I would kick back at you, though, is even though they don't bother you, are they effective? No. Have you ever looked deeper into something because it was a YouTube ad? Um, I think, like, two times. One was an interesting video, um, like a political video, but not like a traditional political video. It was just really interesting, and which made me go to their YouTube channel and subscribe to it. Um, but... And, and another one uh, was, like, the Boosted Board commercials. Have you seen those? Oh, yeah, yeah, Where yeah. it starts on the college campus. They've been everywhere, like, re- recently. Yep. They've been everywhere. And I think it's just as, like, I don't know why they grab me, but they do. Like, it just is, like, oh, this is interesting. I think it's all for me, it's just as, like, if you can, like, get me to sit through the commercials. Yeah. Oh, there's been a recent campaign for uh, a smartphone commercial featuring Ryan Reynolds, which are, they're just really funny. It's like a, like a little bubble popping game. It's like a stupid game, but it's huh. like they're just funny commercials, like just well <laughs> done. I but don't the know. fact that you can remember two or three offhand that you've actually sat through, like that to me is successful. Have you? Then. Can you remember any? I can't remember any that I've. Wow. The only thing maybe has been like there's been a movie trailer that has popped up okay. where I'm like, oh, I didn't know that movie was coming out. I haven't seen that trailer. Yeah. So I'll sit through it or I'll go and search that movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, but otherwise, no, really all it does, especially when it's like other YouTubers are like business people, like, let me tell you about entrepreneurship. I'm like, oh, that person becomes the annoying YouTube ad guy. Yeah. You know, which is not probably what they want with their brand. So the reason I asked is because a lot of people do get really bothered by like sponsorship reads in videos. Okay. So now, yeah, talking about sponsorship read within the video from the person, that is not something that bothers me either. However, I think I come at it from a unique perspective as someone who I do that as well from time to time. Yeah. So I'm not going to be bothered by the person doing something that I myself am also dependent on yeah. to make money and feed my family. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. For me, it's just like, why wouldn't they be doing this? Why wouldn't they be trying to get money out of this? Yeah. We're getting free content. Yeah. Free information, free tutorials. Often we're getting so much free stuff out of this. Why shouldn't they be able to monetize their things? What, what does bother me though? I am not bothered as long as they are totally open and upfront about it and are like, this is an ad, this is sponsored. It's when there's like this attempt at like integration of something or it's like, it's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a tech channel and all of a sudden I'm going to do a review video on these like (laughs) pajama bottoms. Yeah. And and like that kind of stuff. I'm like, bye. Yeah. Not interested in that. 
And, and there's a lot of stuff that like I myself as a YouTuber have turned down because like I don't do review videos. I'm not going to do a review video of a robotic vacuum because that's not what my channel is. Yeah, right. That's not what my audience is interested in. And I don't think there are enough YouTubers who are really asking the question, is this actually going to benefit my audience? Yeah. Is this something my audience would actually use and enjoy? Yeah. Have Have you gotten asked to do a review on a on a robot? Yes, you have. Yep. Wow. How many like sponsorship opportunities have you turned down? Do you think? More, way more than I've accepted. If I've accepted four, I've turned down ninety. Wow. A lot. I get probably like three a week. Wow. Okay. Just random, obviously like mass emails to like any right. YouTuber with over a hundred thousand subscribers. And yeah, I, most of them it's like, no, I have no interest in this. Yeah. Is there a company or product that if they did reach out, you'd immediately say yes. Yes. Um, so there, my channel is a Christian based channel and so anything that would be with like you version Bible app mm -hmm. or like, have you heard of She Reads Truth? No. Uh, it's, it's a devotional. They, it's a company that creates devotionals, um, mostly Bible studies for women, but they also have a thing called He Reads Truth. Um, and I've reached out to them and had conversations with them and trying to figure out something. Like for me, it is always something that I think my audience would actually be interested in yeah. and actually care about and it would actually make their life better. Interesting. So I wanted to say all of that because there, I think there's one channel that does really do in video sponsorships really well, which is Mango Street Photography. Do you know oh, that Oh, yeah, yeah. So Mango Street is a photography tutorial channel, um, and they have just really beautiful, nice, short, simple videos. Um, but they oft, very often are sponsored in the video, but to intro that sponsorship read or whatever they do, it's always a slide that comes up and says, hold on, we need to pay some bills, which is like, <laughs> like you, you laugh at first and the first time you see it, you're like, ah, but then you think about it and you're like, wait, yes, they, they need do. to pay some bills. <laughs> they need to get money. This is their livelihood. Absolutely. I think it builds a lot of like relationship with the audience because the audience, you can relate to that. Like yeah. you're like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They need to pay bills. Yeah. I need to pay bills. And it's also figuring out how to do your sort of ad read in your voice, right. you know, and, and what, what is, what does that look like? What, what does that mean for you? Right. You know? So one time Mango Street, they, it's a couple, um, and they were in Hawaii and their Squarespace ad read was like a mock proposal on this mountain in Hawaii so, like, the guy got down on one knee and was, like, then talking about Squarespace. And it was, like, really funny. And oh, they do fun. And they do quirky things like that. Because yeah. it's not just, let me read the script and show moving slides of Squarespace.com. Yeah. It's, it's, like, quirky and quippy and, like, quippy? There's actually quippy? thought <laughs> into the advertisement. Right. You know? Yeah. It's not like, here's, let me just throw some things in your face. Let's laugh a little Let's exactly be... which that's smart that's smart of them not just for their relationship with their audience but also in their relationship with their sponsor and their partner yeah. because if someone is going to pay me to sponsor a video i want to make sure that they get a good return on that investment right. so that Absolutely. we can work together again that's the tension that i think every independent creator lives in when they start dealing with brand deals sponsorship deals is you have to walk this line between continuing to serve my audience in a way that is going to 
keep bringing them back and also serving this partner and this sponsor well. And I think the best way to do that is choose something your audience will actually care about. Yeah. Yeah. Like Philip DeFranco uses, uh, is sponsored often by betterhelp.com, which Mm -hmm. is a, um, like an online counseling website where you can like talk to a counselor online or video chat. Um, and it's like, it's something that he uses. It's something that his wife uses. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's like, it's something that can can really add value. And life. you, I don't think you know this, there was a big scandal with BetterHelp recently uh, where like there was a lot of questions that came up about their accreditation for all of their counselors. And Philip DeFranco made two videos about it, talking about how he was looking into it, making sure like bef- they, he said, I put a hold on all of their sponsorships for our videos until I figure this out. So just being very transparent yes. about it is like, Phil, it's the way yes. to do it. It's a way to do it. Phil is my king. So uh, we, we I spoke earlier about Hulu and how it doesn't, I don't think, necessarily bother either of us. But moving to sort of another platform for advertisements, let's talk about s- streaming services. Yeah. Not live television, but streaming. Things like Hulu, things like Netflix. Yeah. Things, like, Do those ads ever bother you? See, here's the thing. I don't have Hulu. We have Amazon Prime and we have Netflix. We're paying for those services. We're paying to use them. And Netflix doesn't really have any ads, like, anywhere. It just, like, you just watch it, and there's yeah, there's no ads on I Netflix. remember a while ago there was, like, a rumor that they were going to start having ads, but really the only thing they would ever maybe advertise is, like, another Netflix yeah, show. Yeah, their own content. Like, some, like when you're scrolling through, there, there might be, like, a little trailer that plays, like, just in one of the bars, but you can always just scroll past it. But mm-hmm. it's always just of Netflix content. Yeah. Like, that might interest you. Like, I just saw a trailer for a Chris Pine movie, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'd oh, like yeah, to watch that. Yeah. Um, the Something King, the yeah. Robber King or something. Robber King or Outlaw, Outlaw King. Outlaw King. Outlaw King, which I'm excited. Like, uh, that is spreading awareness for their content. Like, right. I support that. But what I don't support is that Amazon Prime puts ads of still of their own content often, but in front of the thing that you're about to watch. Oh. So, like, you click on... And, like, that's... Like, I don't see it every time, which is weird. Like, sometimes it plays, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But... I go to watch something on Amazon. Uh, this is a service that we're paying for. I go to watch something, and there's an ad in front of it. Like, that bothers me. So for you, is the line of when I'm okay with an ad versus when I'm not, I'm okay if it's free content. I'm not okay if I'm paying for it. Yes, that is my line. That is I, straight up your line. Like, YouTube, the whole YouTube Red thing started as an, just as a way to not have to watch ads Yeah, anymore. it was like pay, Spotify premium yeah spotify premium you're paying that you shouldn't have to hear ads pandora whatever premium or whatever it is you don't have to hear ads that's the whole reason they started this pandora started its premium service is so you don't have to hear ads yeah which is (laughs) so funny because companies pour millions of dollars into advertisements into advertising on these platforms whether it be amazon or whether wherever it might be like they pay millions of dollars to do this and yet the company is like, we know it's annoying, so just pay us a couple dollars a month, and we'll say screw you to all these companies yeah. that are paying us millions. Honestly, of dollars. Like, it's do- so backwards. I don't like. I don't think it's backwards. That I wonder what the like the ratio is. Like, I wonder if they make more money off of the premium service, like the premium subscriptions, or off the advertisements. Like yeah. that would be interesting. To totally. Like- I'm not saying for for those. I'm saying for the companies that are paying the millions of dollars. Like it. It's such a bad investment most yeah. of the time like to invest in like spotify ads that people are literally incentivized to 
get rid of. Yeah. Like that's a terrible investment. By other ads that yeah. they hear. Like it's crazy. I mean, every like third ad on spot, like I don't know because I've had Spotify premium for like four years. Right. But every like third ad on Spotify is just an ad for Spotify. <laughs> like, aren't you sick of hearing all this crap? Yeah. Like this <laughs> ad Spotify again. Premium. Oh my gosh. So true. So true. That's interesting to me that you, you create that sort of line between if it's paid, I expect no ads. If it's free, I'm okay with having some ads because for me, that's almost always true except for on Instagram. Instagram is really the only place. And I wouldn't say I'm bothered by it necessarily. I think there's just sort of a lot of it and it, and it frustrates me. But other than Instagram, that's pretty much true for me as well. I never really thought about it that way before, but like if I'm paying for the service, I don't expect to be advertised to because I paid for this. Whereas if it's free, I'm definitely willing to, to deal with that a little bit. So I guess what I'm saying is, Chris, thank you so much for helping me just figure myself out a little bit more. John, 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 listen, John, you're welcome. Just really get to know myself. I'm glad to help. I'm glad to help. In fact, this has been such a self-realization. I think I need to just go take some time and reflect. So while I'm gone, why don't you take us into some tech talk? Welcome to Two Minute Tech Talk covering the latest in media technology. This week we've got a lot to cover, so get ready for the first ever Tech Talk Lightning Round. First things first, on October 31st, Apple held their second hardware event of the year where they released three and a half new products. The latest Apple TV hub, a long overdue 2018 MacBook Air, and most excitingly, the new and improved 2018 iPad Pro along with the Apple Pencil 2, hence the three and a half new products. The iPad Pro 11-inch and 12.9-inch models start at $799 and $999 respectively, with the option to go all the way up to $1,899 with the 12.9-inch 1TB LTE model. That is roughly twice the amount that my car is currently worth. Overall, a great device, but it has its limitations. As tech reviewer MKBHD puts it, quote, it's still an iPad, unquote. In other casual news, Samsung previewed their first foldable phone foldable. You can fold it in half. To be more specific, they unveiled a concept model of a phone that unfolds to become a 7.3 inch tablet, rumored to be called the Galaxy F, with a tentative release of early 2019. This phone has caused mass hysteria in the tech community, building excitement for the new realms of technology and the smartphone space. But the question I want to ask is, what's the point of a foldable device? I'll let you decide. Moving on, OnePlus announced their newest mainstream device, the OnePlus 6T, released on November 1st. This low-budget flagship device features up to 8GB of RAM, 256GB of storage, Qualcomm Snapdragon 845, a single USB-C port, and most notably an under-glass fingerprint reader right on the face of the device. The 6T starts at only $549 compared to the $999 starting price of the iPhone XS and the Galaxy Note 9. And finally, if you've ever thought to yourself, I know I'm home, but I wish I were wearing a chic pair of over-ear headphones, Dolby has the answer. The Dolby Dimension wireless headphones are designed specifically to be worn in your home, able to switch quickly between all your media devices, and cost $600. Will we all be wearing headphones in our home soon? Will I sell my 2001 Honda Accord to afford the new iPad Pro? We'll just have to see. That's all for this week on Tech Talk. Stay tuned next time for the latest in media technology. All right, and we're back. Welcome back to Media High. Welcome back! For the 
second. We're back. Oh man, I'm excited. Oh wow, Chris really woke up while while we were gone. Uh, for the second half of our episode, since we spent a lot of time in the top half of this show talking about independent creators and the monetization and the business uh, of their media, I thought. We would maybe take a little step back in time, not really back in time, but uh, and talk about way back in time (laughs) and talk about some more traditional media and the business of traditional media by playing a little game. Chris, we're playing a little game today. That was not me asking for a theme song. We're playing a little game today. I appreciate your theme song. It's a game on media high. I was more being like, do you think you could explain the game for us? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I knew that. That's. <clears throat> That's fine. <clears throat> um, so today we're going to play a little game called Top 10 Priciest Shows on Broadcast for Advertisers. <laughs> Real catchy title. <laughs> That's just the name of the article that I'm looking at. I oh, lied. Um, let's just call this game Top 10 of the Week. Got it. So we're, we're today we're talking about advertisements and monetization. So I thought to myself, what are the most expensive like weekly programs on television to advertise for? So this is like a weekly reoccurrence. How much does it cost for a 30-second ad in any of these shows mm-hmm. or programs mm-hmm. on a weekly basis? Wow, English. So this list was from last year, 2017. Um, but we're just going to go through it. John, I want you to guess, if you see if you can guess any of the top 10. Okay. So these these are weekly programs. Yes. Are there any like specific like television shows on there yes okay. most of them most are of them are television shows, shows. Mm-hmm. okay so let's maybe well the most expensive ad period in the tv world yearly is like a super bowl ad correct so we they're dealing with some football sunday night football that is number one yeah okay yeah and, and we're talking for an average 30 second ad and that the price for an average 30 second ad on, on Sunday Night Football on NBC is $699,602. So, to put that in perspective, freaking <laughs> Shane Dawson created eight hours of content to make half a million. Yeah. And NFL football, for 30 seconds... Of Char- their time. Charges 700000 Charges 700000 right. Just to give you a little bit of scale. Yeah. So here. that's number one. Okay. And are those ads effective? That's a question for us. Honestly, I don't know. Not but for me. Super Bowl ads? Yes. Super because Bowl. Because we the, watch the Super Bowl yes, for ads. People, people watch the Super Bowl often more for the ads mm-hmm. in the halftime show than they do for the actual game. And so when the ad sort of becomes, it's, it's, con- it's almost the same as Mango Street. So the Super Bowl has found a way to make the ads the event. Right. They're yeah. an event within it, and so we're interested. Whereas yeah. even with live sports now, like... Which do you... But you don't even watch live football. I don't watch live football, but right. I definitely watch live sports. Right. But so, like, for me, when I w- watch live football, it's never live. I record it and then watch it later. Oh, so yeah. I mean, I do a lot of that as well. But a lot of people do watch live. Right. But even then, and Gary Vaynerchuk makes this point in a lot of his keynotes... Oh, Gary V! He talks about how... You know, people are DVRing everything or watching it on demand outside of live sports. But even in live sports, the minute a commercial comes, we all grab our phones. Oh, right. And the entire time the commercial is on, we're just scrolling through Instagram. Or grabbing a quick bowl of chips, something like that. (laughs) You're making a pot of chili. Ooh, chili, chili, chili. So 
My, um, my hands are chilly. So no, I don't. I think that's an insane investment. Yeah. I don't think it it's makes wild. a whole lot of sense. Wild However, stuff. I is that the only football on there? <laughs> my guess is no. It's not. Okay. Um, I is think America's game of the week on there? No. Okay, because that's like an af- that's the afternoon game every um, Monday night football. No. Hmm. Thursday night football. Thursday night football. That makes sense. Yeah. So Thursday night football more is than th- Monday night. Yeah. So it goes Sunday. No one watches Thursday night football. I know it's wild, and like especially now because Amazon is like all right. over Thursday night football. So there's like no advertising there. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah. To me. So Thursday night football is actually number two, with, with football runs the world five hundred and fifty thousand dollars per thirty second ad. Now the rest of these are not sports. So there's no more sports. No on more this? sports. Okay, all right. So think about pop. This is us. This is us. Is is number yeah is number three. I am rocking these out in order. Yeah. Okay. okay. I will. I have to be honest. Number two and number three are both Thursday night football. It's just so close. They call it a tie. Oh. So number two is NBC with five hundred fifty thousand seven hundred nine. Number three is CBS with. 549,791. Both Thursday night? Both Thursday night. Oh, because I guess like the con- like the contract switched over or something? I guess. Uh, I don't know. But number then number four is This Is Us at 394,428 per 30-second advertisement. Wow. Good right. for you. This Is Us. Yeah, honestly. Nice work, Mandy Moore. Um, all right. What else? What else? What else? Uh, gosh, popular TV shows. Um the Big Bang Theory? Yes, The Big Bang Theory is number six. All right. So you skip past one, but The Big Th- Bang Theory, which is actually, it's over now. Is it? I think I think they I just ran through the I last season, but that was, last year it was $285,908 per 30-second wow. ad. That's crazy. Okay, um, next up, is Grey's Anatomy on there? Grey's Anatomy is number 10. Wow. You're doing really well. Grey's Anatomy is still You're doing still really well. $213,576 per 30-second ad. Wow. John is honestly slaying this. Can we just, like, listen back to last week when I was just, like, <laughs> crying in my seat because I had no clue? I think we're about to reach the end of it. Okay. Me. Okay, so... Um, You're missing four. Missing four. Mm-hmm. Network... Are all of these network... T- like, main network, ABC, NBC, ABC. Yep. Did I just say ABC, NBC, ABC? You did. You did. I wasn't <laughs> going to point it out. It's been a long day. I didn't want to point it out. Um, okay, I'm just going to start guessing some shows. Okay. Mom? Is Mom on there? Um, NCIS? Mm-mm. Law and Order? Mm-mm. Criminal Minds? Oh, is nothing any, crime. Nothing crime no. related. Well, yeah. Nothing like traditionally crime. Are there any Fox TV shows? Just one. New Girl? No. Um, isn't New Girl over? New Girl is over. Oh, but last, this is from last day. year, right? This is from last year. It had its final season last year. Oh, brutal. Oh, come on, Jorgensen. You're better than this. Yeah, Jorgensen. Oh, gosh. Uh, is How to Get Away with Murder on there? No. Scandal no. has not been Should on. Should I just, do you, do you want me yeah, to just go for it? Yeah, give me a few. Okay, so five, which is the... Is Empire on Fox? Oh, okay. Which okay. I, I've never seen. It's yeah, 300, me neither. Three hundred five thousand three hundred and sixty nine per thirty second. Gotcha. Ah, do you but it's me, really popular. Yeah, it is popular. Do you want me to go through the rest? Yeah. Okay. Number seven. So number six is Big Bang Theory. Number seven is The Voice. Oh, duh. Oh. Monday night. Of the Voice course. Monday night. Number eight and is it's The Voice again. And then probably. number nine is The Voice Tuesday night. Yeah. And then number eight 
Is it another uh, singing show? No, it's Modern Family. Oh, really? Yeah, Modern Family with 239. Modern Family still bringing in the box. Honestly, Modern Family is going strong. That's crazy. Bringing in that cha-ching. So, let's run through it again. Sunday Night Football, number one. Thursday Night Football, number two. Thursday Night Football, Different Network, number three. Then This Is Us, Empire, Big Bang Theory, The Voice, Monday Night, Modern Family, The Voice, Tuesday Night, and Grey's Anatomy, rounding out at number 10. What's interesting, though, about this list is it sort of brings us back to kind of where we started on this discussion of the the balance and the tension between art and business. Because the only show on there, like actual television show not live sporting event the only show on there that was really nominated for emmys in terms of a narrative tv show is this is us yeah like none of i mean modern family was once upon a time but like it's not considered it's not considered a great tv show anymore it's not in the upper echelon of television shows part of that is because most of those exist on ad free platforms whether right. it be hbo or showtime or netflix or, or amazon or whatever it is but yeah, that's that's interesting to me that that um, it, it just sort of highlights the fact that just because something is great artistically doesn't mean that it's a great business decision. And we see that every single year at the Oscars, too. That's why part of why the Oscars want to create or are thinking about creating a, a popular culture movie category. Right. Which which I think we've gotten into a little bit, but we're, I'm sure we'll get into again in some other episode about what what does that even mean? What right. is it? What is a pop <laughs> culture category on in the Oscars? Like what? Huh? Right. And and you know most of the movies that we see at the Oscars, a lot of them, they're not the highest grossing movies. They're not the biggest budget movies. But every now and then you're gonna have a a year like this year where like. I think Black Panther is going to get nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, it or or a, year, or a year like 2010 when Dark Knight was nominated. Exactly. Oh, and honestly, like maybe Black Panther is going to win. Like I know that's crazy to talk about, but maybe it will. I hope so. It's the best movie that I saw this year so far. That, so like, oh, Black Panther was the best movie you've seen in 2018 for sure. Wow, wow. Is it the best movie you've seen? I'm like thinking about it now that I'm scorning you, and I like can't remember another movie that I've seen that was like better. But I really I don't think that it is. Best movie I've seen this year. Wow. For sure. That's bold. For sure. How many movies have you seen though? Like three? I've seen (laughs) fifteen. You've only seen fifteen movies this entire year? Fifteen to twenty? Like only watched fifteen or twenty movies? No, I mean movies that came out this year. Okay. Yeah. Movies that came out in twenty eighteen. Yeah. But yeah, Black Panther is sort of this this movie that, in my opinion, was good as an art, a work of art, but also in terms of a business, that movie made a lot of money. Right. You know what I mean? And what we see from that list and what we see evidenced all throughout the media world is that that is very, very rare for something to reach the heights of artistry and at the same time being monetarily successful. That is rare. That is difficult. Um, but it's pretty cool when it happens. Yeah, right, right. Um, so I, I want to move into one last platform here, um, which is podcasting. You mean 
the platform we're currently on. You mean the Media High Podcast brought to you by John Jorgensen and Chris Schwar. Subscribe, 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 subscribe. Yeah, I want to talk about podcasting because what are your thoughts on advertising in the podcasting platform? Well, it's sort of like what we started talking about with YouTube. I expect it. Mm -hmm. Almost any podcast I listen to, I expect there to be ads. And do you listen to ads in your podcast? Or do you, anytime a podcast comes up for you in an ad, an ad comes up in a podcast for you, do you just skip right past it? I listen to it. I listen to it every time. Because I I think that is something that is another just thing that's inherent to podcasts is we're listening to it while we're doing something else. If it's a YouTube video, we're watching it. We're directly like interacting with the screen that we're watching it on. And we can just skip past as soon as we want because it's like, we want to skip past it. But podcasts, I'm always doing something else when I'm listening to a podcast. I'm drawing, I'm cleaning, I'm driving. I'm not going to like take the time, open my phone, go to the podcast app, like try and like skip a little bit just to get past the ad there's no point to it, which I think is why podcasting is get is like you're getting paid so much for ads. I'm podcasting is like you're the most like the highest paid per listens yeah. of any platform, mm-hmm. which is like well, that's because listens are harder to come by than views as well. Like if this were currency, a listen would be like the euro, and a view would be like a peso. John, I'm not gonna lie to you. I did not sign up for an economy lesson in this <laughs> podcast recording. But this is the economy of content, Chris. Oh, uh, that's what we should have called it—the yeah. economy of content. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I called it the business of media. What the heck yeah. is that? Oh. The economy of content. That's what this title is gonna that's be. That's good. That's good. John, well done. You're well welcome. Done. You're welcome. This is a nice give and take. But what's interesting—you brought up something that I was actually thinking about earlier today. Oh my gosh. And what what I think about are like the most effective advertisements and and i really think it's advertisements that come within content that we consume passively so if you think well, you're talking about podcasts right now many people consume that sort of passively we don't sit down just to listen to the podcast it's while we're making dinner it's while we're driving it's while we're at the gym and because of that we're not going to skip past the ad and so we hear it and then if we listen to the same podcast over and over again, we're going to hear it over and over and over again. We know that S-Town was brought to you by Squarespace. We know that Binge Mode is sponsored by Casper Mattresses. Right, exactly. And so when you hear that over and over and over again, guess yeah. what? There are things that I have, Hotel Tonight, for example. I use Hotel Tonight because Hotel Tonight sponsors Ringer Podcasts. And I heard it over and over and over again on the Ringer NBA show. And when I had to book a hotel, I was like... Well, instead of using booking.com, why don't I try this hotel tonight thing? And you best believe that when I move out of my parents' house, which I'm still living in, I am about to buy a Casper mattress. <laughs> exactly. And so with that, because it's we consume it passively, we're not seeking to skip over the ad, so we're hearing it over and over again. That's why I think advertisements on certain television networks, a network like HGTV, for example, really work. Because most people... You're not actually watching HGTV. No, HGTV in in like in our house, in my in-laws house, it's it's on all the time and people are just sort of passively watching House Hunters and so you hear the Wayfair ad and the Wayfair song a 100 million times 
And then when I'm thinking about, oh, what what do I need for my home? I guess I'll see what's on Wayfair. Yeah. And we buy things from Wayfair because of yeah. it. So I think that actually is one of the more effective ways to advertise is if you can find a platform or content that people consume passively. Yeah. And I think it's not only passivity, but consistency. Because mm-hmm. like a That's podcast a That's a you're listening to consistently. They're mm-hmm. recording consistently. It's consistently the same sponsor of this one podcast. If yeah. you get hooked to a podcast, you're often getting hooked to that sponsor totally. as well. And I think it's the same thing with YouTubers. If a YouTuber is consistently uploading with the same sponsor, with Audible or with Squarespace or with Skillshare, then you're bound to get more coupon codes. You're bound to get more entrenched into the system, more yep. engrossed into this company that because they keep they keep sponsoring, they yeah. keep giving you more and more until you're eventually like, oh well, I've gotten this many coupons out of it. Like, yeah, it I've probably got- takes like four to six ad reads for me to even really remember that brand. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but like like Wix, Skillshare, yeah, Audible, you know, these are Squarespace. These are all things that like consistently are just constantly on YouTube. Yep. Or and in everywhere. And we know too. them because of it. Right. We can bring them to mind very easily. Right. If I if, which is the whole point. Yeah. If not for YouTube, I wouldn't know Wix or or Squarespace no. or no. Skillshare. I've signed up and canceled my Skillshare subscription like six times because it just is like, yeah, this is like actually something that I can get value from. This is actually something that's interesting to me. So, I'm going to sign up and like I'm I think that one day maybe I will sign up and I'll get really hooked into the content and I'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I do really want to, I want to stay. I want to keep this around. And I think that's the beauty of consistency in advertising. Very good. Yeah. What a great ending line there. Yeah. The, the consistency of the consistency in advertising. advertising. No, I don't like to brag, but it's, it was eloquent. It was almost as eloquent as the economy of content. Honestly, economy. Of, we're gonna start a quotes of, <laughs> of this podcast. Economy of content is just like, oh, it's beautiful. It just rolls off the tongue. Oh my gosh! Rolls All right, Cristobal, are you ready to move on to our picks of the week? Let's get into the pick of the week. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Go for it. So I was recommended um, by my friend Matt, our friend Matt. Mm-hmm. You know Matt. I do. Yeah, Matt. If you're listening, text me. Shouts to Matt. Matt. Um, I was recommended a podcast called Reply All, which I'm sure you've listened yes, to. Yes, yes, indeed. And I started listening to it, and I, I didn't like it. I was, I just, I didn't get hooked immediately. Mm-hmm. But I texted Matt. I said, Matt, uh, I'm not feeling this. He said, Chris, start with the episode called Long Distance. And I oh. said, okay. And so I listened to Long Distance. It's an hour and a half. Let's jump back really quickly. Reply All is a podcast about... Internet stories. Yep. Story that's like they're with loosely, loosely, very loosely internet stories. It's oftentimes um, like a journalistic story yes. written in like the one of the hosts of the podcast is a journalist. Um, so there's this episode called Long Distance, and it was all about how one of the hosts of this podcast got a scam call from a call center in India, and he was like, "I don't like that. I am clearly trying to be scammed out of money right now." I want to know why. I want to know more about this story, about what's happening. Who's this person calling me? So he gets a little bit paranoid and starts researching the heck out of this company. He starts calling them back over and over and over again until basically everyone in the company knows it's him and just hangs up when they hear his voice. And he's like, I'm not going to keep, 
I'm not going to stop calling. I'm just going to keep calling and keep figuring this out. So he, he then, with one of the producers of the podcast, researches the website that they directed him to, which was part of the scam, saw who owned that website, found other websites that that person owned, went to India. And I don't want to spoil the story because you should listen to it, but it is just, it's so good. It's such a interesting, compelling story told so well. Um, Reply All is a great podcast. I've since been listening to it more. Um, but it just like is exactly what I want to be doing one day is like, how can I be a journalist or tell stories, but in a new media, in new content like this. So it just was like really reminiscent of like, oh, this, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing because this is really what compels me. Hmm. So Reply All specifically Long Distance, part one and two. Very good. My pick of the week is a Netflix movie called 22nd of July. Oh, okay. Have you heard of this? I have not. So it is based on a true story of, in 2011, there was a terrorist attack in Oslo, Norway, which is crazy because Norway is historically one of the most peaceful nations in the world. Uh, there was a bomb that exploded in Oslo, and then the guy who set off the bomb while everyone was running to the city, he went to this island where there was a summer camp and brought a automatic weapon and killed 69 oh my teenagers over the course of two hours oh my before gosh. the police could get there. All in all, 77 people died that day. Um, and th- on 22nd of July, 2011. And this movie shows the attack... It show and it's not like a documentary. It's it's a, a historical fiction, if you want to call it that, um, with actors and all that. A stuff. docudrama, uh, uh, kind of yes, um, with actors and all of that stuff. But it shows the attack. It shows sort of the aftermath, and then shows the trial as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie it's a long one, but I usually am not able to sit through really sort of long dramatic movies on Netflix, like Netflix movies. Mm -hmm. This one, I was engrossed the entire time. The acting is fantastic. And and the story is at the same time, heartbreaking and so inspiring. Um, cause you kind of watch it through the lens of one of these kids that, that, um, just had the very traumatic injuries and things like that from the attack. Uh, and you sort of follow his journey through the aftermath of it. So I highly recommend 22nd of July. Uh, there's a lot of violence in it, though. How, how long was it? Two and a half hours. Okay, well. It's a pretty long movie. Yeah. But quite good. Quite good. Quite good, I would say. Good work today, Christopher. Yeah. How are yeah. your hands? My hands? Okay, they're feeling better. Thank you for asking. Good. They're, like, still chilly, which is weird, but they're getting better. I think they'll get there soon enough. I believe. I'll be okay. All right, everyone. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's podcast if you want to hear more share it with your friends give us a review on apple podcasts spotify wherever you listen to podcasts five stars five stars only if we were to co-pinch mode and remember try not to get lost snooping in your friends venmo transactions and also for all your cpms there are 29 canuts to a sickle and 17 sickles to a galleon we'll see you next week here on Media High. Yeah! I thought that you were going to the Mario theme. Like, do 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 do.
do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> not quite. Not quite. Oh, my gosh.